recording in progress. Welcome back, everyone, to this week one edition of Bruce Monin's Computer Points Podcast. We hope you enjoyed our three-part season preview as much as we enjoyed making it, which would be something because we enjoyed making it quite a bit. It was pretty fun. We used the time after our preview to do some serious personal traveling, but now we are back and concentrated on actual football season. Drilled in, focused down, ready to go. All right. I, as hopefully you know, am Bruce Monin, your host, recording from Wyoming. No, not the state, nor even the Wyoming Valley of Pennsylvania, but the suburb of Cincinnati. Beautiful. Like he would travel that far. Also, as you hear, checking in from just a little further east in the greater Cincinnati area, we have our co-host, executive producer, and chief researcher, Rebecca Monin. Still doing just as much to earn those titles. Well, with the season starting this past weekend, we actually have new data to discuss, not just looking at old stuff. Ooh. I'm kind of excited, actually. I, I know you are. This is <laughs> this is your thing. I had this last year as a Christmas present. My daughters helped me update my computer point spreadsheet. And believe fun. it or not, it worked like a charm. Good. I'm glad. No Yes, it was fun. The amount of manual entry you were doing before that was terrifying. Kind of disturbing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Taught him the magic of a lookup table. We're never yes. going back. I still don't quite understand it, but I can reproduce it, though. So That's all you need. I hear that's half of programming. Okay, we have the first week of the football season here. Mostly, respected, blah, 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 blah. Mostly expected results, Rebecca. Okay, that's good. But also a few surprises that we will try to highlight here. And as we like to say, surprises are always good when they don't happen to us, right? Sure. It also seems like surprises might be more likely in the early parts of the season. So, surprise, they all went as expected. Well, Well, mostly. Yeah, you are right. We're probably going to see more unexpected results this week, but that's quite all right with me. If every season went exactly the same, it wouldn't be a lot of fun now, would it? Very true. Very true. By the way, it was nice getting that first week of the season out of the way because I get distracted here next week. More professional bike racing, Rebecca. The Vuelta a España starting. Oh, yeah? It'll be on the Peacock Network, which many of you out there will learn to know and despise because I hear one of the Ohio State games is going to be only available on the Peacock Network in October. Oh boy. All right. (laughs) I am one of the few people who already have it due to my addiction to professional cycling. It's also really great for watching the uh, international figure skating competitions. Absolutely. NBC seems to pick up all of the off sports, don't they? The weird ones, yeah. Yeah. I'm especially excited because if you follow cycling, and I know none of you do. (laughs) Well, not none. The Vuelta this year has the current Tour de France champion, Jonas Vingigo. Okay. The Giro d'Italia champion, Primoz Roglic. Okay. Neither of whom are the favorite. The favorite is the defending Vuelta champion, Remco Ivanapul. Okay. 
He was leading the Tour of Italy earlier this year, dropped out in mid-race in the lead because he had COVID. He had just beaten everyone in the individual time trial with COVID. He must, must have had a mild case. Must have been. Must not won. have been dripping snot like I was that one time I had it. <laughs> oh, old Remco even just won the world championship in the time trial after last year being the world champion in the road race. So quite the bike rider looking to see what he can do in a three-week tour. I will be excited. Unfortunately for you people, I will let you know. <laughs> I was half expecting you to pull out a nice Tade Pochka in he there. Is, he is the only major big rider who is not going to be in this. This probably has a better field than the Tour de France. Huh. And no being, Cavendish. No Cavendish. That broken collarbone is probably not re- re-healed yet from the Tour no. de France. Although he's back on the training bike rides. I saw that. You have a friend that rides with I him have a source, yes. Turns out if you get into a high-level remote stationary bike racing and you want to do it with other people who are doing it high-level remote, sometimes you run into a Tour de France rider or two. Oh, that's that could be fun, except <laughs> you have to first do high-level riding. And that rules on me stationary out. bikes, yes. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I have a, a source who runs into him on his morning rides, and he seems to be riding again and getting heckled. So, on <laughs> the path to recovery. Excellent. But enough of that. On to high school football, Rebecca. Week one results. And as usual, because we just hate to break habit, we will start with the large divisions and work our way down to our smaller schools. Makes us feel like we're making progress when we can say, hey, One school did a thing, and we're done with that division. Speaking of which, we'll start with Division I, Region (laughs) 2. There are 17 teams in this region. 12 of them won this week. The one team we cover, Finley, took a loss, I'm afraid. Oh, no. The good news is in Division I, with 16 teams making the playoffs and only 17 teams in the region, they only have to be better than one team. Yeah, their odds are pretty good there. I have high hopes for Finley this season to make the playoffs. Good. We'll look into them more deeply in some future podcast. Moving on to Division Two, Region Eight. 23 teams here, 11 winners, about half. So it seems to be about an average region. Mm-hmm. Um, that also means if all 11 of those teams go on to make the playoffs, there's still room for five week one losers to sneak in. Our winners this week, and don't read the script, Rebecca, because it's wrong. I just noticed. It's a oh, good thing. Boy. Actually, it's a good thing I actually remember some of the results. <laughs> but our winners this week were Lima Senior and Troy, huh. and our losers were Pickla and Sydney. So fifty-fifty among the teams we follow. Lima Senior beat Pickla in what I consider to be a huge upset. Remember, we followed Lima Senior last year. I believe they won their first three and then lost the rest of the season, but still snuck in the playoffs. A win over Pickler probably means they're not going to have to worry about that 16th spot, most likely. It must be a better team this year. Pickler is pretty much consistently always a fairly good squad. Hey, we're done with two divisions already. Hey, progress. This will be a 10-minute episode. Yes. Division three, Region 10. 27 teams, 16 winners. 
you could say all the playoff spots are claimed already, right? I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> but you could say that. Well, that's too bad because our team, Defiance, was a winner this week. <laughs> they picked up another victory in the River Rock rivalry against Napoleon. One is, I mentioned Rock. a game that I watched on WOSN this week. One of several you'll find out. I was up late doing stats, and they were just running games one after the other, and I was watching them all. So maybe not real close, but, you know, <laughs> I was hearing them all. How about that? <laughs> you observed them at some point or another, yeah. Yeah. By the way, in this region, it's the time to introduce our first score of the week. Ooh, we're doing it interspersed and not at the front? Absolutely. Excited. It felt necessary this week. Does that mean we need a sound song break in between the scores? Let's put one in right here. <laughs> so our first score of the week, Maumi ended one of the state's longest losing streaks. My research says they lost 30 games straight. People seem to be claiming 34 online. I'm pretty sure it's 30, but either way, it's not happy, right? Yeah, not what a, you want to see. No. They had a 27 to 20 victory over Division II Holland Springfield. Maumi took an early 21 to 6 lead in the first quarter. And then pretty much held on for dear life for that 27-20 win. I didn't see the game, but I did see the post-game celebration. And it looked like it was quite fun. Moving down to our other regions in Division Three, Start with Region 11. 22 teams here, only eight winners in this region. A small region to begin with and only eight winners. So that means only there's room for eight more teams to jump into playoff contention. Hey, hey nice. The team we follow is Bell Fountain. They won fairly easily. They have a big game this next week against Coldwater. Last year, Coldwater won 31-21. Many seem to be predicting Bell Fountain for the win this time around. That's a game I'm going to be watching closely. It sounds... Yeah, that sounds interesting. Pretty interesting to me, too, yes. And down in Region 12, we have a 28-team region, 12 winners there. The only winner we follow is Elida. Oh, boy. Unfortunately, Salina, Greenville, Lima Shawnee, Tip City, Tippecanoe, and Wapakoneta all took losses this week. Oh, my goodness. I'm really expecting many of those teams to be not just playoff contenders, but maybe even top eight for home field advantage. So seeing all those losses week one kind of surprised me. So you think that's a... a Factor of slow start, or did they largely play much better teams? Slow start, tough opponents. It's always hard to tell in week one when a game goes where a team loses is because they weren't as good or because the other team was a whole lot better than last year. Who who knows, right? Our one winner was Elida. Unfortunately, last year they won their first four games and then lost their final six and missed the playoffs. So we're rooting for a little more... uh, sustainability in the win column for Elida this year. Yeah, we don't want to repeat, but also 
You don't want to tell them not to win their first four games. Now, the WBL, which Alight is a part of, switched up their conference schedule of who they play when this year. So it's not like they'll be playing the same teams in the same weeks this year. So okay, okay, things will be a little different in the WBL this year as far as when teams play each other. Okay, three divisions down, four to go. We have Division 4, Region 14, another 50-50 type region, 23 teams, 11 winners. We had Lima Bath and Van Wert taking wins. Ben Logan, Kenton, St. Mary's, and Napoleon taking losses. St. Mary's was shut out in what was a real shot. Really? Yes. It had been a while since the last time they were shut out. Napoleon, we mentioned earlier, lost to Defiance in that big Mm -hmm. Thursday night rivalry game. You know, I love Thursday night games on week one. School's not really in session yet, so it's not a school night thing. You get to play the game, and then you get an extra day to prepare for your week two game. I, I think it's a cool idea. We need more Thursday night week one games, in my opinion. Oh, and it's also time for our second. Score of the week? Absolutely. Scores of the week. Wow. They just keep coming. Along the same theme here, Lima Bath was winless last year. They defeated defending Division Seven state champion New Bremen. Oh, my goodness. Good for them. Now, as we mentioned earlier, the question following a week one game is the same. Is Lima Bath better this year or is New Bremen not as good? That'll take more weeks till we find out. The word out of New Bremen is... They graduated a lot of their impact players last year, but a state championship squad won two titles last three, four years. They're still going to be good, right? Mm-hmm. The other players are going to. But the word also is they lost their quarterback early in the game too, and that – That it, never helps. And if, since it was a new quarterback this year, probably the backup hadn't gotten a lot of time in practice either. There's not that much practice before week one game. So, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see in the future how that affects both teams here. That and as I mean, state championship winning teams are still going to be hard to beat, but it is a division four against a division seven. I'm sure there's got some of that play in there too. Correct. So again, we're week one. We're just speculating now. It'll all play out as the season rolls on. Mm -hmm. But if we didn't speculate now, we wouldn't need a week one podcast now, would we? Exactly. We've got to talk about something. And there's no figure skating news yet. I know. It's just the ice would melt. Well, it's indoor, but yes. <laughs> Finishing off Division 4, we go down to Region 16. A team with 26 teams and only 11 winners this week, so maybe a little slightly below average looking region after week one. Our winner was Urbana. By the way, Urbana won 74 to nothing over Dayton Belmont, which I imagine is tells you more about Dayton Belmont than it does about Urbana, but yeah, it might a little bit. So I, I would assume there was a running clock the entire second half. In that. Our two losers, St. Paris Graham and Tip City Bethel. I uh, remember Bethel was the uh, Van Wright keep an eye on for the f- years to come. Fast-growing community. Still working on building up. I was able to look over Graham's roster for this season. And as best as I can tell, there's only about... 11 to 12 players on the team this year who were on the team huh. last year. So I don't know what's going on there, but. 
It's like for a Division Seven, that's like a third of the team. That's not bad for a Division Four. That's that's like nobody. Yeah, it is. I saw only two to three seniors on their squad, and I at least two of them did not play last year. So probably not a good sign for Graham this year. I think there were 34 players, two of whom were listed as only kickers. Huh. Not a loaded roster by any means. So took a loss in week one. I'll see them in person next week, by the way, so I'll know more about Graham after that. Division five, start with region 18. Only 24 teams in this region, 13 winners, though. And the ones we follow, that would be Coldwater, Liberty Benton, Liberty Center, and Spencerville. Well, uh, Indian Lake and Ottawa Glandorf took week one losses. By the way, for Spencerville, they beat Ridgemont 28 to 12. They have now equaled last year's win total. So, <laughs> all right, Spencerville. Looks like a better <laughs> year for Spencerville this year, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that is an improvement, but it feels a little bit mean to call out. Yeah, but, you know, I, I don't mean it that way. It's like if a team's been down, I'd like to see them coming up, you know? You don't like the yeah. team staying down. That's awful. You want to see them be better the next year. Agreed. As we mentioned before, I say again, keep an eye on that Coldwater Bell Fountain game. I think it has a chance to be good enough to be score of the week potential. And we're heading down south now in Division 5, Region 20. A larger region, 28 teams, 16 winners this week. So Region 20 is looking a little tough. A little tight, yeah. We only follow two teams there. They both won. That would be Miami East and Milton Union. Keep an eye on those teams. They will play each other in Week 6. Both a good start. Hopefully they won't be worried about playoff spots by then. But I would say the winner of that, probably looking pretty good. Good, good, good. Getting on to our bigger divisions, our our divisions where we follow more teams here. We'll start with Division 6, up the northern, north, the northwestern region, region 22. Northwestern. 27 teams in that region, only 10 winners this week. Oh, interesting. Okay. Kind of surprising. Our winners are Bluffton, Paulding, Mount Blanchard, Riverdale, and Wayne Trace. Where's the teams we follow who came up on the, uh, Wrong side of the score were Columbus Grove, Defiance Tenora, Hicksville, Sherwood Fairview, and Van Buren. By the way, this region, 16 teams won in week one last year. Only 10 this year. Big change in six games there. Mm-hmm. Maybe the region's down a little bit, or maybe they scheduled up a little this year. Who knows? Bluffton, they were up higher, Division 4 or 5 last year. I forget which. They're enjoying their drop down to Division Six. They are number one in the rankings. Number one in your heart, perhaps, Rebecca? Uh, I'm going to hold off before I pick a number one in my heart, but it's potential. Columbus Grove, one of those teams that tends to be on the winning side, suffered a tough 22-25 loss to Pandora Gilboa, which, by the way, I mentioned because it was one of the games I was able to watch on WOSN this weekend, so it was good to see a good game there. The best game I saw will be featuring as our last score of the week later on. Ooh, teaser. And down in the Southwest, Region 24, 23 teams in this region, only nine winners. Those winners that we follow include Versailles, West Liberty, Salem, Anna, Tri-Village, and Arcanum. So we follow five of the nine winners. Hey, there we go. 
We also yeah, follow five, five of the 14 losers. One, two, four. Three, There's four a lot of, of words 14 there. Losers. Yep. And those would be Alan East, who had a great year last year. I think nine and one in the regular season, maybe 10 and 0. It was pretty good. They suffered a tough defeat to Macomb. Yes, that's who it was. Macomb took them out this week. Um, Parkway was was in the loss column. They went down big early, clawed back in the second half, got close, but couldn't quite complete the comeback. Also, uh, North Lewisburg Triad and Troy Christian, who does not look to have a good year this Second year in a row, there was only nine week one winners in this region. Our five teams we follow all won by fairly large victory margins. And I just found this kind of numerically interesting. Okay. We'll go in order here. Versailles beat Division Three Salina. West Liberty Salem beat Division Four Graham. <laughs> Anna beat Division Five India Lake. Tri Village beat Division Six Troy Christian. And Arcanum beat Division Seven Cummington. So we get the whole <laughs> wide range of divisions there. So <laughs> not a score of the week, but maybe a pattern of the week. And we're Again. not making a theme song for that. <laughs> Patterns of the week. No, I can't see that one. It's not, not as catchy. Harder to track. Again, not a real useful fact, but one that a numbers type person sticks out to and finds interest. And finally, Division 7, where most of the teams that we follow reside. Oh, yeah. We'll start with Region 26, which for some strange reason, which for some strange reason, the state decided to put 33 teams in this region. <laughs> I have no idea why. And so, of course, how do they respond? 20 of them get wins. It looks like it could be a little bit of a scrape to get into the playoffs in this region. Our winners are, are you ready? I am ready. Our winners were Lima Central Catholic, Defiance Ayersville, Lipsick, Convoy Crestview, Macomb, Pandora Gilboa, Patrick Henry, Ada, Antwerp, Arcadia, Arlington, Delphi St. John's, Waynesfield, Goshen. Are researchers counting the number up now? 13? 13 of the 20 winners we follow. How about that? How about that? Let's see how many of the 13 losers we follow. They would be Corey Rawson, Delphus Jefferson, Hardin Northern, Lima Perry, Ridgemont, Upper Scioto Valley, and Van Lu. It's seven. Looks like seven to me, yep. I can count. I haven't lost Good. basic math yet. Good job. That uh, college tuition wasn't a total waste. All right. Still paying it, so it better not be. By the way, this region was actually expanded from 30 teams last year to 33 this season. <laughs> of course it was. Uh, yeah, why not, right? <laughs> <laughs> And the number of week one winners grew from 13 last year to 20 this year. As you may have figured out, I'm still not a big fan of the large discrepancy between the number of teams in each region. <laughs> I understand they're trying to keep the geography tight, and I support that, but 33. I mean, come on. <laughs> By the way, I also saw McCombs win on WOSN this week. They beat Allen East, as we mentioned earlier, 42 to 7. Is that our other no. score of the week? It's not a score of the week, no. Okay. I actually saw it at halftime. It was something like 21 to 7. 
And I would have said it was a fairly even game yet at that time, despite the score. It it did not look like a 42 to 7 type game. It just hmm. I don't even know how to describe it. Thing things all went one way and not the other way, I guess. McComb was definitely very good, but Allen East was not 35 points worse, put it that mm-hmm. way. And as I will mention here, apparently WOSN thought, also thought that game would be closer or else they wouldn't have picked that for one of the games they showed this. Uh, we earlier mentioned Pandora Gilboa's close win over Columbus Grove. Patrick Henry shut out Hicksville 39 to nothing. As we would mention on some preview shows, they need to run up some wins in non-conference play before they hit that brutal part of their NWOAL schedule when they run into Liberty Center and Archbold and that whole mm-hmm. game. And finally, Region 28. We had 33 teams in Region 26. They are 23 in Region 28. Makes gotcha. life a whole lot easier for these teams. But Yeah, certainly more achievable to get into the playoffs. Yes, it is. Of the 11 winners, the ones we follow, Marion Local, Mechanicsburg, St. Henry, they're the ones that shut out St. Mary's, by the way. Quite a surprise after last year's 2-8 and eight huh. record for St. Henry. Yeah. Wow. Good for them. Yes. And Sonia, Minster, and Sydney Lehman. Let's see. Bradford did not play this week. That's not quite accurate. They played a JV team and beat them quite handily, I believe. They are playing varsity games most of this season, by the way. And I'm hearing very good things about the number of players at Bradford. Watch out for them. I bet you they pull a few wins this year. They might even make the playoffs in this region. Our losers, Covington, DeGraff Riverside, Fort Laramie, Fort Recovery, Mississippi Valley, and New Bremen. And you will notice there's what sound like some historically fairly good teams in that list of losers there. So don't count any of them out just yet. Oh, and here we go, Rebecca, our final score of the week. We're holding it off long enough. I'm dramatic that way. What can I say? <laughs> and if any of you saw it, you would all agree. The score was Marion Local 29, Wapakoneta 26. Oh, yeah. I watched this one twice, I believe, over the weekend. It's been a and- while since there's been a Marion Local game that tight. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen that often. Usually late in the playoffs. Yeah. This game, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention, but at halftime, Marion Local was ahead 14-7. to 7. And then, I don't know, for some reason, I started paying more attention. I don't know why. <laughs> Wapakoneta came out and just dominated the second half. They opened with a long, grinding touchdown drive. Their next drive stalled out about the 10-yard line or so, so Wapakoneta kicked a field goal for a 17-14 lead. By the way, that Wapakoneta kicker, ooh, he makes 40-yarders about look like he's even trying. Wow, okay, our good, yeah. Our, our good friend Van Wright says they want him bad at Bowling Green to kick for their football team. They might need to fight for him, it sounds like. It's possible, yes. Next time Marion had the ball, Wapakoneta blocked their punt and I thought, sure, when it got blocked, Wapakoneta would fall on it for a touchdown, but that ball just kept going, going, and it squirted out the back of the end zone. So Wapakoneta settled for a safety, making the lead 19-14. to 14. Another Marion local possession ended when the Flyers fumbled. I believe it was on a strip sack of the quarterback. The ball was returned for a touchdown, and with about five and a half minutes remaining, Wapakoneta was ahead by 12, 26-14. 
Wow. Crazy. Surely Marion Local doesn't have enough magic to come back from that, do they? They've done nothing all half. Well, their next drive, they worked downfield, scored a touchdown. At one point, they had fourth down and 10 from around midfield, threw a 40-yard pass, jump ball in the air. The receiver came down with it for the first down to set up the touchdown. So with about two and a half minutes left, Wapakoneta is still ahead by five. Marion Local breaks out the old onside kick. And I'll mention the kicker, Mr. Carson Bills. His father was actually a co-op for me at one time. <laughs> worked, worked with my wife, Deb, at one time also. So, you know, way to go, Mr. Bills kid, Carson. <laughs> Hit the kick perfectly. It skidded along the ground. And just before the Wapak player went to field it, it bounced up, went about seven feet in the air over his head, right into the arms of a Marion local guy who ran right behind him. Beautifully successful onside kick. The Flyers then drove down the field, stalled out a little bit late. They were at fourth down and 10 again down near the goal line. Quarterback went back to pass, looked at about three or four different receivers, finally found one open, completed it for the go-ahead touchdown and the win. One of the more impressive comebacks I've seen in a while. The end with the onside kick and all kind of reminded me of that Minster-Kirtland state championship game back mm-hmm, in 2004. Mm-hmm, a little bit. By the way, in this region, we I mentioned a little earlier, but also big wins from St. Henry, shutting out Division Three St. Mary's. My Minster Wildcats reversed a trend of three straight losses to Fort Larmy with a nice 41-28 win. And Ansonia took a 30-14 to win over DeGraff Riverside in what was expected to be a close game. So watch out for Ansonia this year. And you know what that leaves, Rebecca? Eight-man? Eight-man football, none of whom played this week. Oh, eight man gets underway next week. So look for that addition to the podcast (laughs) next week. And that about wraps up week one. We've had no comments after our preview show, which kind of surprised me. But if anyone has them, Rebecca, how do they get a hold of us? That's a good question. You can always email to bdmonin at nkotelco.net. You could try tweeting. I hear it's not called that anymore. So good luck. It's probably still at Bruce Monin, but you never know if that'll change. That's true. If It's called X now, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But if you click on it, on a link in it, it sends you to something, an address that starts with Twitter.com yet. So. Well, you see, when you, when you make unilateral decisions about your company and don't tell anyone, anyone within it until you tell the public, you don't get a lot of time to work on the back end. You also don't get a lot of help on the back end when you fire all your employees. (laughs) Anyway, you can tweet at or X at X at Bruce Monin and we'll get it. Or drive through Minster and shout out your window and we'll probably hear it. Or come to office hours at at Bud's Bud's on Wednesday afternoons. About 3.30, yeah. 3.30 to 5.00. Yeah, we'll take in-person questions, or Absolutely. I'll volunteer Dad to take in-person questions. And if you like this podcast at all, and you found it because you found the link on social media somewhere, please go ahead and subscribe to it on Apple iTunes, iHeartRadio, or um, I don't have a listed here. What's the other? Amazon Music now. Mm, still no Spotify. Still no Spotify. Should I look at Spotify? I I. 
I know people listen there. I don't know if it'll affect our listenership too much. Okay. I'll keep it in mind. Amazon Music made it easy. I got an email said, do you want your podcast on Amazon Music? <laughs> Click here. <laughs> and I did that and did like two things That's and it was done. Good. Yeah. So way to go, Amazon Music, I guess. Huh? Yeah. So All that right. wraps up this week. We will be back next week. Hey, second level points start rolling in next week. Second level points. Something a little more to talk about right here on Bruce Bonin's Computer Point.